Hello everyone, welcome to the Multiversity Manga Club. I am Walter, and I am joined by Zach and Emily. Yo! Hey! How are the both of yous? Good. Doing well, all things considered. <laughs> all things considered. Things just get worse and worse. It's yeah, like that tweet every... of, it's like, we're all that guy from The Dark Knight saying, things are worse than ever. <laughs> That's basically me all the time. Yep. Yes. So... <laughs> It's the middle of the month, so you should, at this point, know what that means. We're doing our One Piece Club. We are going to be talking about the first half of the Alabasta arc, which is the longest arc by far, so far. So far. Um, it's like a baby compared, compared to, to some later some other ones. But, so we're going to be talking about the first half of it, so from chapters 155 to 180. The whole... Every, everything uh, after, like, chapter 100 to now is kind of, like, broadly considered, like, you know, the Baroque Works saga. Uh, yeah. And this definitely continues plot threads from those right. earlier arcs that we covered in previous episodes. But I think it it's fair to, like, you know, talk about this as, like, you know, it's its own thing, not yeah. just, like, one, not just yeah. one big thing Absolutely. with those previous arcs. Yeah. Um, so we had gotten a few glimpses of the the head honcho of Baroque works before, right? Sir Crocodile, Had Mr. We Zero. Oh, okay. We were just about to see him yeah. last time that we. He had like there. one silhouette shot. I think silhouette. I think you could see his eye or something or his hand. Yeah. And so I think that I think Crocodile is a great thing to start with when talking about. Yes. Um, yeah, because you can talk about a lot stuff. actually. Yeah. So first of all, I think it's fair to say. Crocodile is the series' first great villain. Yes, that's absolutely true. I, I think so, too, yeah. Um, I think I kind of expected... Um, crap, who was the... Oh, Arlong. I kind of expected him to be, like, the first big one, but but he, like, doesn't compare to Crocodile. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's, the scale is so much bigger. Yeah. yeah. The, the design is, is incredible. Design's so good. Um, not that Arlong was bad, but like Crocodile is on another level. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, so one thing that I had not really... So when we've talked about in the past, we've talked about the Alabaster arc, like, you know, me and Emily, something that she said a few times that like, I was like, oh, I guess so, was that Crocodile is like a Bond villain. He is. And, well, yeah. And so, like, when you said it before, <laughs> and, it, you know, it had been a few years since I read this arc, I'm like, yeah, sure. But now that I, I reread, like, this, Think about like, it. No, you're absolutely 100% correct. Yeah. His, I, I, his looks, his motives, his, like, you know, complex, complex in quotes. His plan. His plan. He's, I, I don't think it was actually revealed what his actual, what he's really trying to do. I was going right. to say it, but he does have like a plan that's sort of big and megalomaniacal, megalomaniacal kind of like Bond villains tend to be. That That is a good, that's a really good call. Yeah. And I in turn might have heard someone else say that and I can't remember where it could have just been like reading about One Piece online, but like, right. <laughs> I, I, it's not that you couldn't, it's not like anyone couldn't arrive at sure. that independently. Cause I mean, he's got henchmen, he's got, the trapdoors and we've even got like you know the complex like death setup where it's like there there's a way to escape if you try you know type right thing. 
No, Mr. Uh, Luffy, I expect you to die. Right. Yeah, your yeah, your call of a Bond villain is way better than my. I I had him pegged, and maybe this is just because I've been like on a big Star Wars kick lately. But like, I was getting like Emperor Palpatine vibes because he's like. Hmm you know kind of this like government official who is very well yeah, regarded yeah. but he's like also like, secretly the head of this yeah, huge yeah organization. Like pre, pre prequel palpatine yeah like oh. prequel palpatine yeah exactly that, where he's like running that's a really good sides. comparison point too I think. yeah because yeah. nobody knows that he's he's doing the classic thing where he creates the problem that he then solves yes right. exactly yeah because when you first see him in this great little scene where he sort of he's the first time you see him, which awesome, really good idea to sort of show him like sort of looking up at him. And there's like a lot of people in One Piece that are like normal people, but they're like ten feet tall. I don't think he's as I don't think he's as tall as Doflamingo. Doflamingo is like eleven feet tall. It's ridiculous. I think he's like maybe eight, only eight feet tall. Only eight feet tall. But still, like he's really big, broad-shouldered. The proportions are really weird, but they work. Yeah. Like most everybody in One Piece is weirdly proportioned. And he has a hook hand. Hook hand. Despite being otherwise one of like pretty not piratey he's got a hook in there you will eventually see blackbeard i'll just say it right now blackbeard is the most piratey looking stereotypical looking pirate in this series right. and we haven't seen him yet but you'll but we do get a reference to him in in uh, what we read yes we do <laughs> on the same page where it says ace does not have a hate symbol <laughs> on his back <laughs> So no, oh. I mean, fortunately, I was about to say, unfortunately, fortunately, Luffy's brother is not a um, Nazi. Yeah. So, um, so I suppose. But anyway, we're getting, we're kind of jumping around, but yeah. yeah, yeah. I suppose that's the other major character who this arc introduces um, for, for the whole like scope of the series. We, we meet Luffy's brother, Ace. Yes. Um, I think there may be one more that I only know about tangentially, but we like get a name that's dropped at the very end of what we read for this episode. Uh, Nico. Oh, Nico Robin. Isn't she a thing later? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. She's a thing for sure. Okay. Yeah. Smoker talks about her. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's true. I I had thought, but we've seen her Well, this isn't a spoiler. It's in what we read, but, but Nico Robin, he says that Nico Robin is the woman with crocodile. Right. He says that this woman going by the name of Miss All Sunday is actually Nico Robin, who has had a bounty on her head for years. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, I think at, like, one point, doesn't, like, Crocodile call her Nico? And she's like, I, t- like, I told you never yeah. to call me that or something yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah, classic. Yeah, he's All, like, Ugh. Also very Bond villainy, like, you know, the femme fatale of dubious uh, yeah. loyalty. Yeah. Yes. Crocodile's yeah. like, even I don't really know what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't think he's dumb. I think he knows that like she's mysterious and he's not going to let her, I mean, necessarily mess with his plans, but, but yeah, there's that too. Um, so Ace, he is, he's pretty important to like the larger story as yes. well. Yeah. He was a member of. Okay. So here's what he was doing in Alabasta. He was, he's a member of Whitebeard's, Whitebeard's. crew and when he, he meets was up, looking for Blackbeard, right? He's looking for Blackbeard because um, Blackbeard was also a member of Whitebeard's crew under Ace, and Blackbeard killed a fellow crewmate apparently and right. ran away. And so Ace feels responsible for this and is chasing after him. And he comes, he meets Luffy in Alabasta, I, asking if Luffy wants to join the Whitebeard pirates. And Luffy's like, no. And like, none of this has anything to do with the Alabasta arc, but it's like very important. It just happens. Yeah, right. you just have to remember that that Ace was here and that he talked about that he's a member of Whitebeard. We'll see Whitebeard eventually. 
He also gives Luffy something. I don't think they told you what this was. I know what this is, but I guess I want... It's I, not, I, I think they do not tell they you. They don't tell you what it is. He gives he Luffy, gets. like, a little piece of paper that Nami right. sews into the, the brim of his hat. Right. Mm. Which, because I guess that's good, because, number one, Luffy's never going to let anything bad happen to the hat. And he doesn't have pockets, I guess. Yeah. Or he does, but it would probably fall out. But now the whole time, through the whole reading, I was just like, oh, what if something happens to the hat? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So those are the two main characters, major char- characters of like, you know, broader importance to the series as a whole who are introduced. But this is also the first, like, we, we saw like him a couple times. This is the first real introduction to one of my favorite One Piece characters. Oh, yeah. Mr. Bon Clay. <laughs> and you know why he has two names? It's because technically just Mr. Two, but... He also, so he doesn't have a female partner, so he also has a holiday name. Right. Which is bon a Kure. Japanese... Bonkure. Bonkure. I guess they they, lo- they romanize it as Bonclay, but it is a holiday in Japan. So so he, ha- so it, you know, as he sings, you know, both a man and a woman. And you, it's one of those things, like, as, like, you know, a very, you know, it's... cis, heterosexual male. <laughs> I It's not really my space, my place to say whether Bonclay is tasteful. Uh, I think he's a little tacky, but like, I mean, I, I like him a lot too. And I think other overall, he's a good character because, well, we'll, we'll see later. There's, there's there's still more to come. There's not even the best, not even like half of the best stuff of Bonclay has happened yet. Yeah. Yeah. He seems like a pretty jovial guy though, right? Like he, he becomes friends with the straw hats. He, he shows them, this is actually also very important. He shows some of them his power which is to if he touches you with his left hand i think one of the hands touches you he can turn into you the other hand he for an, forever uses, and ever amen. yes yeah and so he gets a couple of the straw hats he gets i think everybody but chopper and sanji yeah so yeah we've got more to come with him in the later ones um so i guess we can speak more about him next episode I, but i do think it's interesting to point out that Beyond just him being a, a character, he is definitely a character. Yeah. I feel like there really isn't, again, like, not really my place to assess this. It's okay. I, caveats are assumed. Cave, caveats are assumed, yes. That his gender deal. I think he's pretty clearly non-binary. Right. Yeah. I would, but yeah. He, I, th- I think he, like, basically says, I'm not, I'm, I'm neither. Yeah, he's got his, like, song with his henchman, which is one of my favorite pages. <laughs> it's <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just, like, dancing in the desert <laughs> in formation. He, yeah. And, and it's, like, yes, it's funny because it's ridiculous, but really at the same time, like, that is not the joke. No, because no one really laughs at Bon Clay. Right. No and, one really and not treats... for that reason. No, not for that there, reason. I had forgotten there was like the one kind of like ugh, joke about how like the king was actually a queen. It, that, yeah, that, I think. But that's the only like instance I really. I, I think they're like saying like drag queen. Right. But, like right. it's still kind of offensive. I mean, I, 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 I'm saying I'm calling Bon Clay he for just sort of like because in the text he's right. referred to as he, but. I mean, I think you. I think it's like very even in the text. You can make an argument. I mean, this is sort of like going beyond what One Piece maybe can support. But like, I mean, I think he's. I think he's probably non-binary. Right. Like he doesn't really. Yeah. Oh, and you like not to get like too like down the down the rabbit hole, but like I mean, he's also like his his devil fruit power is that he shapeshifts and he can like yeah. as right. he shows like that's like his whole like 
not just his face, like his whole body. Yeah, his whole body hope, changes. Like, so, I mean, so like when you, yeah, when that's like your reality, like what is that? Yeah, yeah due to your that's identity. Somewhat, that's somewhat poignant, actually, because he, yeah. And another thing, this doesn't really have to do with his his actual like personality, but like his outfit. Okay, like it's good in a way that like it's it's incredible that I almost like don't think about it when I see it anymore. <laughs> but if you actually take a minute to look at what Bugley is wearing, anyone, man or woman, wearing that like ridiculous right like like it looks like a character that like in shakespeare is supposed to be sort of a like a comedy relief yeah i mean obviously bon clay does have comedy relief moments most of the time yeah i think well obviously he like you know fits into the trope of like you know the the queer coded uh villain i think it's in a way i want to say with that it's in a way where he is a villain who happens to be sort of not non-binary or whatever, uh, yeah. whatever you want to call it, as opposed to that being like, you know, part of what kind of codes him as villainous as yeah. well. Yeah. Right. Because no one really comments on it. I think, I think if people were commenting on it and like saying disparaging things, it would be clear how Oda feels about those things right. in a negative way. But I don't think he really feels negatively about Bon Clay. And I, and I don't want to give him too much credit at the same time. And I right. don't want to pretend that everything I like is like woke. Right. Of you know, course. like I, I don't, I, one piece is not really woke at no. all. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting sort of character. And I mean, as far as I know, a lot of people in like, you know, LGBTQ community, like it's sort of, he's sort of a beloved character. And, and right. I'm sure there are people that take, also take uh, offense at him. Sure. But, uh, you know, I'm just saying, like, I have seen people appreciate him at the same time. So. You know, it's it's obviously like sort of a subjective thing, depending on your perspective and like sort of what what you read into as being like, how is this character supposed to be received? Right. But we like Monclay here. We'll have more to say about that next time. With one of yes. My favorite scenes in the series, but let's not. <laughs> you get mean the very ourselves. end, right? You mean yeah. the end of Balabasta? Oh, I was I was referring to the Monclay. Oh, towards the end of this this art this part that we read. No, no, no. Next next time we'll talk about. It. Oh yeah. Anyway. yeah. Okay, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Um, but I don't want don't to get too ahead of ourselves. Yeah. So I think now that we've talked about some of these characters, that's a good time to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to talk about the actual story of Yeah, Alabaster which actually so a lot happens in this, so. Boy, does it. Yeah. So we'll take a, a quick break and be right back. Hello, everybody. My name is Mike. And I'm Greg. And together we are Robots from Tomorrow, a twice-weekly podcast appearing at MultiversityComics.com. Each week we take some time to check out books and shelves on Wednesday that are worth your attention. And each month we dissect the previous catalog. We also have long-form discussions about books we've enjoyed like Dan Clow's Ghost World and Jack Kirby and Mike Royer's Commanding. And if that's not enough, we also do creator interviews. Some of the talks you'll find in our archives feature Mike Mignola, Leila Del Duca, Sean Martinborough, Emma Beebe, and Greg Rucka. So that's a lot of content for everybody. Please subscribe to Robots from Tomorrow in iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss a thing. Robots from Tomorrow has hours of comic-focused entertainment week in and week out. And now, back to your show. All right, we are back. Moving on to talk more about the story substance of Alabasta. Emily, I know you in particular had some things you wanted to discuss. Did I? Just everything? (laughs) Um... (laughs) You look like you have something to say, do you? <laughs> I'm not going to do my really bad, itchy, scratchy impression, but that's what I was going for. Um, 
it's a pretty, it's, it's sort of a, I don't know, kind of a classic plot of just sort of like Crocodile is setting up sort of a fake rebellion. Right. And then using the rebels to attack the kingdom and sort, sort of weaken the political structure to get whatever he is look, actually looking for. Mm-hmm. And he's calling it like Operation Utopia. Right. And he sort of also messed with the climate, which there's this stuff called rain powder or dance powder or something like that, which yeah. which sort of gives you rain, but it messes up the climate of, of bordering Someone lands. Someone else, you know, yeah. sort of equilibrium. So basically, Crocodile has been trying to make Nefertari Cobra look bad, who is the, the king of Alabasta. He's actually, Beauty's I guess... dad. Beauty's dad. Yeah, I guess you could call him like an enlightened monarch, I guess is the way that Alabasta was looking yeah. at him, because there's sort of a little story... When they get to Yuba about this guy who was who was sent there to make Yuba like an oasis town and has just sort of been working in vain. Yeah, for we, can, a we long can't ex- time. we can't expect the uh, politics of One Piece to be that great. No, I, well, I mean, you know, I guess we could just we just have to accept that, like, oh, this this kingdom, Very this monarch, Plato's Republic. Yes, let's pretend that this is sort <laughs> of a ideal kingdom where Cobra is a is a philosopher king. Also, Cobra know. is a very cool. It's name. cool, yeah. yeah Nefertari Cobra. Yeah, what was I going to say, though, about... Gosh, I forget. Yeah, so the Rebels... I think the most important thing, I guess, like, from the past is, like, you get a little bit of Vivi's past, and she hangs out with the current head of the Rebels, Koza. Right. Who is, like, the first Hawkeye in One Piece, I gotta say. That that stuff was all really good to me, I think. The the flashback type stuff? Yeah, the flashback... I think like Koza and his dad was it Toto. Is that his name? To- yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a sweet story. It's good. And like the, what we've read, like does a lot of really good stuff with Vivi. I feel like she is kind of like before really, this, yeah, kind of like overshadowed by Nami a little bit. As yeah. like, it's like I I don't know. Like this sounds bad, but like in Shonen, you typically have like the girl character. You, yeah. you have like no, the one the one good girl character that overshadows yeah. all other female characters but like yeah vivi is like really cool in this and yeah. like highlighting you know the fact that she did like infiltrate baroque works for a long time and was like yeah an agent and and they like reference that that like several times which i kind of already glossed over in my mind so yeah yeah she it was, was a, good yeah she was a pretty high ranking agent too she was yeah. like number nine she was with mr nine so she was Mr. Nine showed up in an SBS header. <laughs> yes, I saw um, that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, Vivi is actually one of my favorite, probably, female characters in One Piece. One Piece does not have a lot of good female characters, I'll just say. I mean, I mean, at least in the sense of, like, them being sort of on the same level as guys. Like, sure. I, think, I don't think most people are going to argue with you on that one. Right. But, yeah, no, Vivi, Vivi's really cool. And I think the, one of the things that I thought was actually legit pretty touching was there was a part in the flashback where... Cobra, I think, asked Igarum or one of the other, one of some, one of the other palace council. If there's like, oh, I think Vivi's kind of a softy, and they're like, yeah. And you first, you think he's gonna say something negative about it. He's like, oh, I think that's good. Yeah. For the kingdom, I thought that was really nice. Yeah. And, I, I think that yeah. in those flashback scenes in particular, but even how like kind of if they carry through to now, there there is like a very very real motivations for the different and, and very real like feelings for the different characters who who are like our different viewpoints for people who live in alabasta between vivi and koza and cobra yeah they they feel just lived in yeah very very lived in in a way that like a lot up until now 
hasn't really been the case in One Piece, which is fine. It doesn't need, you know, it's a, yeah, like Arlong Park sort of just like a setting, but right. I feel like Alabaster is like a real place. Yeah, that kind of has real things going on in the background. Like, I mean, nothing. Like I said, I mean, nothing that we're gonna sit here and say is like super layered and interesting necessarily, sure. but it's good. It is good. Yeah. And yeah, like, I think. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I think Oda gave you just enough of sort of the structure of the country and the characters to make you care about what's going to happen. Like, he didn't give you a whole big thing of, like, this is what... This is how long it took this town to be built. Or, I I don't know, sort of, like, a lot of logistical stuff. Like, it was just sort of enough to get you to care about the outcome. This is probably the most, like, fleshed out and detailed, like, a new location has been so far. And he he still does not, like, get too into it. (laughs) Yeah. People know every single corner of Dressrosa we get through. (laughs) Well, like, it is is interesting that, like, the map is shown many times, and it's like, okay, these characters are here. This is where they're going. Yeah. You know, it, it, like, there is, like, a lot of attention to Mm -hmm. that given. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, Alabasta is not the only... The island is not Alabasta. Alabasta is the kingdom. The island is bigger than that. So I think... I mean, I don't, I don't think you really find out what else is going on on the island, but I mean, Alabasta must be the biggest nation state on there. On, on that on that note, this is probably one of the biggest islands that they get to. Um, I think so, because yeah, Dress Rosa said, is just one island, I think. It's just, like the kingdom is one island. Right. So, and, and that's the case for most places that they go in the story. Yeah, I think it's one of the bigger, at least it feels like one of the bigger right. ones I don't actually know. I guess... The, the current arc, Wano, is pretty big. Like, you know, it, the whole island is Wano, and it's got a bunch of different it's locations. It's got, like, sections and stuff, yeah. So I guess that that's pretty... Uh, Expansive? Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, definitely, like, Dressrosa, it's just kind of, like, a big city island. Yeah, it's like we were saying, like, like there's like one Venice. there's one biome. What's that? Like, Venice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Dressrosa is supposed to be Spain, but... Right. I mean, like, quote-unquote, I... Spain, Spain infused. Yeah, it was Del Flamingo. But yeah, so we see a lot more Crocodile, which is good. Yes. We, I mean, I, I think we sort of, and we sort still, of covered what he was doing in this, but like, yeah, there's we, still We still mystery. at this point don't know the full, his full aim, his full no. goal. Uh, we, you don't know at this point, no. Right, we know, we know at least it, it could just be like, you know, a bid for power, you know, a sort of like, usurping you know stepping in in a power vacuum to it right. could be that simple but there's probably more to that, that yeah. that's not quite completely satisfactory um i actually kind of forget um, i remember i mean i'm not gonna say now right, because right. like but but it's it's not like it's not like an inconceivable sure sure thing that's like oh i could never that that doesn't make any sense like why would he it's it's not like one of the things where like well why didn't he why did he have to do all this to get to what he actually wanted right because yeah you'll see it's pretty so we, the other thing, another thing that I thought was interesting with this arc and particularly the chapters that we just read is we kind of get like a bit more into the nitty gritty of like the different kinds of devil fruit powers. Oh, yeah. Because we have the appearance of Pell, who's one of. <laughs> oh, he's great. Remember Pell. Um, yeah, don't forget Pell. He's pretty cool. I mean, he has um, pretty cool design. So he's like one of what was it like? Four, five. They said, "Okay, wait. I wrote this down. I think, I think <laughs> a very limited amount of devil fruit powers can fly." Yeah. And I guess, I guess, like the implication there is that, like, like Smoker, he can, yeah, he can fly only... a bit, but like the, 
What it means is that so, like Pell can like fly from one island to another. Pell can fly. I think what they mean is you can fly over water because like water is supposed to be the right. the sort of kryptonite. It's the kryptonite too. And actually, they introduced the the basically the kryptonite of One Piece in this, which is the sea prism stone. Right. Which is they handcuff devil cuff devil cuff devil fruit users with that so that they can't. So like the marine has those so right. they can't. You know, if, when they take them to the prison in the One Piece world, there is a prison in One Piece. Um, and see you an later. Arc about it. Yeah, and so that's how they sort of keep devil fruit users under control. Because otherwise, like, yeah, you couldn't keep crocodile anywhere. Right. But obviously, like, water is the one weakness. And it, I mean, I think it's cool because, like, well, One Piece is, like, an entire world of water. So, like, yeah. it seems like a pretty, it's a pretty big weakness. So, yeah, like, Smoker can go across ground, but I don't think he could, like, I think he has to have sort of a, sort of an anchor point on land and he can't go from island to island. Right. But I think, yeah, what Pell is saying is that there are people that can legit just fly without sort of restrictions and that's what he can do and so he said there were five five devil okay. fruit and i think i think Have we've seen maybe two others at this point no i think maybe you see at least one other and i can't even remember what it is some people can sort of fly um with caveats sure Doflamingo can fly sort of it's hard to tell but... which are the ones that are like the five and which yeah. are people who, and can, I... who can just kind of fly and i don't think Oda really cared about like making it exactly five or whatever so you mentioned you mentioned the second thing i wanted to bring up which is the uh deep sea shit of our sea prism stone sea prism stone and then the third we've kind of seen this already you know this this isn't the first time smoker has appeared of course um but smoker has always been like a i love smoker it's pretty cool when he first appeared like a (laughs) certainly an antagonistic figure yeah but not a big bad so now with the crocodile, crocodile has a similar power and like a similar issue of like... How do you hit crocodile? Right. So so I'll just say what the name... So there's three there's three different kinds of devil fruits. One is called... The, the ones that turn you into animals, into some kind of animal, are called zoan. So Chopper has a zoan and Pell has a zoan and I think Chaka. Okay. Uh, whoops, we didn't see Chaka transform, but he has a devil fruit. No. He's one of the palace guards. Right. Um, Paramecia is just sort of like any ability so like luffy right like an ability that is just sort of like not what the other two are which i guess so i should guess i should have left that for last so like robin and oh sorry miss all sunday and <laughs> luffy <laughs> have paramecia right fruits um and then what crocodile has is called elogia logia i can't remember i think it's logia it, which basically like elemental so like your body actually is made up of that element or it can turn into that no one can actually hit you right. so that's how it shows like when vivi tries to pretty brutally cut crocodile's head off with her um yeah spinning i don't i don't know if they're like strings or sort mm-hmm. of like little knives uh yeah he just turns into sand so right. there is a way to hit logias but it's not so much later that you find out yeah i was about to say the logia stuff becomes more important later on right i mean obviously yeah obviously well, it's an issue when it comes to fighting crocodile it, it never becomes like a it never becomes like a lord dump like it's never sure. really more complicated than like they are just that like and smoker is just made of smoke so like you right. can't hit smoker either unless Chaser. you have this thing later that everyone sort of gets because <laughs> they have to sort of like make it possible to fight these people crocodile can tur- turn into sand he can like suck the moisture out of stuff right which he does too. I think Mr. Three, Mr. Three came back. Good old he was Mr. in the Three. wax ball and survived. I, I actually forgot how he got out of that because I was like, damn, Mr. Three got eaten by a crocodile. Like by the banana gators, which I, which I like don't understand the banana <laughs> thing. But... Yeah. It, the bananas don't seem to like fit in. I don't get it. Any other way. 
Yeah, and so you know what else? Freaking gators with freaking bananas on. You know, their Zach, heads. you mentioned you mentioned the Star Wars thing. Another thing that ties Crocodile to Star Wars is he owns a casino. Yeah. <laughs> like when yeah. they read <laughs> when they read the casino, it's like uh, Canto Blight. Canto Blight is that what uh-huh. it's called? Blight. Last Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Kind of a spurious uh, connection, but they just thought of it. So yeah, I mean, eventually, like, like they kind of get trapped for a bit. They the straw hats get split up. Eventually, everyone's trying to get back to Albarna, which is the capital, because the rebels are now just sort of like going for it. Right. And the imperial forces are there. I think for a while, Mister Two had been sort of masquerading as Cobra because you see that Miss um, Merry Christmas and Mister Four had kidnapped Cobra. And I'm not sure how long that's been going on. It seemed recent. I think it's recent. I think it was recent. So because, yeah, because because uh, Mr. Two as Cobra ordered uh, Nanohana to be like fired on and sort of caused chaos and then escaped. And now that's why the rebels are attacking the capital. Yeah. So the Straw Hats are going there on the big crab, which is pretty crab cool. crab is a very good design. <laughs> the crab is cute. All, all of the animals... Yeah, and the bark are good. The crab, the eyelashes, the camel, <laughs> yeah. um, the oh, what are they? The the like kung fu seals, Dugong. or oh, the otters. Dugongs. I mean, <laughs> the, uh, yeah. I have I had forgotten about that. Was how that they like got rescued. <laughs> that was cute that they pulled the big fish. They're so, they're so, so good, so cute. There's. Um, I, I also um noticed I was I was keeping track of this because um they're riding on the crab for a bit and the crab like I forget what happens like the crab doesn't actually go in water he just like right. falls after a bit. And then he gets out, but then they're in water. But Chopper's hanging on to like Zora's head because Chopper can't swim. Right. And I think he's the only Devil Fruit user with them right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because Straw Hats eventually get a couple Devil Fruit users, but the the, the they call them Jugons. I think they're actually Dugongs. Yes. Right? Is yes. what they what they meant to call them. But yeah, like they are little otters that are just like they kind of look like the uh, Miss Friday and Mister Thirteen. I think Mr. 13 is a oh, yeah, is one of those guys. That's a good point. Isn't he? I don't okay. know. I'd have to go back and look, but <laughs> this that's very that's minor that's animal, like Alvin and the Chipmunks ass <laughs> character. Um, and yeah, so those little guys, there's a lot of just like cute, fun animal stuff in this. Yeah. Oda is sort of like Toriyama does pretty good animals. I think, I think Toriyama's ultimately sort of a better animal guy. Yeah, but, monsters. But Oda draws much. pretty cute animals. I think uh, one of the other things that stuck out to me reading uh, this part of it is this is possibly the best Sanji is yes. in the series period. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he decides to go for like this different angle with, because like before this and kind of after this, Sanji's just another guy who fights. Basically. Um, and it's just, just like Luffy and just like. Zoro. Zoro yes. sort of makes more sense though because he's like a samurai. He's right. just like a samurai. He is just um, as the so, pirate rap said. So I mean he it makes sense that he would fight, but like Sanji like just kicks and stuff and it's so, like would you really I don't know. So like I I think that like this kind of like again with the Bond comparison, he's like almost got this like spy yeah. kind of He's the most James Bond looking person. Aspect there. to and for some reason he's wearing glasses now, but only for this arc. I forget why. I think it was just like he should have kept them. He it looks, looks so good. good. Yeah, he looks, it looks good. Just cute like that. It, it is a it is a good fit, my dude. Yeah, I think. I don't know why he decided to have him wear glasses, and I don't know why he decided to stop. <laughs> I think 
I have something really funny to say about the time skip. It's not really a spoiler. Do you want me to tell you what it is about Sanji's look? Sure. So after the time skip, oh, oh, his I think hair I parts so you see his other eye. Right, his, and, and his eyebrow his curls eyebrow, the other direction. It curls the other way. Right. So it would look really weird if Sanji had both eyes showing. Yeah. At any rate, Sanji, yeah, I, I really like the sp- sort of the spy master angle for Sanji. I think it fits. And, and it way. also, it also like, you know, as much as, as much as we might joke about how, like, you know, some of this, it's just Oda kind of just going, it does show that, like, if, if he isn't, like, completely planning out everything ahead of time, he has a very good memory because, like, it's so built on that like idea of how like in the um, couple arcs ago how Sanji was never seen by Mr. Three by Mr. Three and also uh, Crocodile didn't know who he was he was completely fooled by it right yeah yeah so I liked that because like it shows that Crocodile is not like infallible but it doesn't it doesn't make him look like a total idiot but it makes you realize that like okay well he's not like Black Sleuthor necessarily. I, yeah, and they kind of sort of, there's sort of just a lot of coincidences that let Sanji do this. Like, number one, he's not seen by Mr. Two, which is very important because they use Mr. Two's power to, like, basically make the wanted posters for them in Alabasta. And he sort of poses as them at the meeting when they all meet in front of right. Crocodile. Yeah, Mr. he's like, Two. yeah, he's like, make, get pictures of everyone. And, oh, yeah. And yeah, and me- another cool, interesting thing that was sort of foreshadowing beforehand is is that when Mr. Two was showing, they didn't know, they had no idea who Mr. Two was because I think the lower agents don't know who the upper agents right. are. So like, Vivi saw as he was like showing everybody's faces, he turned into her father. Right. And Vivi goes, "What the fuck?" And just, yeah, yeah. That she's was like, a, that "Wait was a, a minute." Yeah, yeah. But it was funny then because Vivi was like. I didn't know what he looked like. I've just only heard that he is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he dresses like a ballerina. What the? Who else do you think has like transformation powers? I don't think there's two guys like that. Yeah. So I mean, there's just a lot of cool little things to think about, like that, like and how Chopper. Oh, there's also a really good thing where they fool Crocodile to get away from the. Um, from the casino. What, what is it that like Chopper's like shouting? I'm what, what, I'm, I'm, Mr. I'm Mr. Prince. Prince. Yeah, I'm Mr. Prince. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, it's so um. cute. And and Chopper's like he's literally like I'm helping. Like <laughs> so he so what Chopper does is he turns into like his big sort of like giant form, which yeah. is like weird half ranger. It's like jacked form. Jacked, like yeah. And so he. Well, like, that's his human form. It's his human form. Yeah. Right. So like when Chopper is in like the. The tiny chopper is like the middle. It's form, like the baby. Which is weird, even though it's the smallest of them. Yeah. It's like supposed to be the one that's in the middle. So he basically like runs away. Like he, he allows Sanji a, an opening to get into yeah. Rain Dinners, the name of the casino, which I don't I don't know why it's called that. But anyway, yeah. So he gets in there, and then he cha- he basically sends Crocodile on a wild goose chase, and then and then shrinks so that right. like there's no way you would be able to find like there's just no way you would think this little guy was right. the person you were finding you were chasing before because i think even so though they, clever even though they knew chopper was one of the crew members they didn't know his devil fruit devil fruit power. i think they called him like a pet or yeah something. yeah they, like they the just pet. think they're he's like a pet. pet because i think they don't know he's that their doctor or that no wait a minute i think i think bon Clay did turn into chopper wait I'm, i can't remember yeah i i think he did he, he was one of the he was in the montage yeah. because i'm seeing i'm seeing chopper's face in that like in the like ballerina thing right yeah yeah okay so he did turn into chopper i'm sorry i think i said before he didn't but he did and he was missing Usopp. or sorry yeah. god that would sanji. that would have been funny if sanji if, if Usopp was mr prince no sanji is mr prince which like i like it's the first it's the first and one of the last times sanji's like cool i think uh <laughs> he is like very cool in this arc where yeah I, well it's kind of I actually like didn't even realize he was missing for a long time. <laughs> yeah. 
and which, which was kind of like that in um in little garden too yeah yeah, yeah. sanji just like conveniently goes missing which is what has allowed him to <laughs> like fly under the radar right yeah. in this case um I like it because it's sort of, yeah, it shows that the bad guys aren't infallible and they like don't immediately know how many straw hats there are. Yeah. And that like they, they definitely got all of them. Yeah. And I think it fits Sanji's sort of like charismatic, quote unquote, charismatic, sort of chauvinistic, yeah, uh, gentlemanly persona to do something like that. That's why yeah. he has the glasses to go into the TV in Junus. I was going to say, is he, does he have a persona now? <laughs> Can he like go in and, and do metaverse stuff? He needs it for the fog, but. I'm sure there's there's more to say, but one thing the oh I have one more thing I have one more big thing to talk about, but okay, go ahead if it's uh, the cover story oh. ended. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> How could I forget? We finally <laughs> finished Django's so, story. So there's some really good visual storytelling in this, and I laughed at like every single one of these. Like, so basically Django, like, so so if I had to describe this plot of Django's like Django's dance paradise, no, what happened? So I sort of understand. So like there was like a dance thing that he gets into, like he escapes from. He escapes from the island. He escapes from, uh, what's it called? Syrup Village. The island that Usopp's on. He gets into like a dance competition. He he meets this at this the Marine named Full Body who was in the beginning of the Baradier arc and was like the guy who was rude to the waiter. Right. That's a very deep cut. And only I would remember because I wrote his name down. And then I saw it again in the cover story. I was like, and I looked back through my notes. I was like, oh, that, that's Full Body. Okay. And so... Like, they, they sort of become pals during this, and then the Navy comes in, and the Marines come in and arrest Django, and he eventually gets, like, convicted of, of murder and is sentenced to hang, <laughs> to hang to death. And then, like, full body basically, like, does elite beat agents to get him to be saved. Something like that. Like, <laughs> there's, like, a dance in the courtroom or something weird like that. And then Django becomes a member of the Marines. And then there's the, the best one is the... You will forget this friendship. Oh, one, two, Django. And then he, before he does it, they see the hot Navy Marine. Is she lady. somebody? She's somebody. Her okay. name's Tina. Okay. She's, she's important later. Somewhat, she's somewhat important later. Not, not super important. She's pretty cool. Yeah. There's like, he, uh, <laughs> yeah. Django, Django tries to make full body forget about their friendship. It's very funny. So dramatic. Yeah. And then, so, so now Django, and I think in the very last page of the cover story, you see, you see Kobe, Kobe and Helmepo walking Epo. by. Yeah. Yes, what a wonderful, yeah. what a delightful story. <laughs> no, my favorite, my favorite is later. My favorite cover story is, it's a couple arcs from now. There's more to come. It's, though. it's, it's Enru's one. Oh yeah. I remember Enru goes to the moon. I love that one. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, I think, where did we end here? It's pretty long for a cover story. Like most, pretty long. a lot started, of them aren't that long. This, the latest ones have been getting really long. That's true. The uh, gang beige. This current gang so. beige one is like super long. Yeah. I so, mean, that's just sort of one piece in general now. It's just long. So I guess the, the last thing that I wanted to mention is the art in this arc is so good. Yeah. It looks fantastic. Like, you know, we, we, we already compared this to Arlong Park in some senses that, like, Arlong Park is the first, I'd say, like, very good arc. This is uh, just This great. is the first great one. And, yeah. and likewise, in both of them, I feel like they're, like, moments where Oda, you know, so to speak, leveled up. Like, th- this is just, it, it looks, every page just... Pops, <sighs> yeah. And, and, like, you know, I feel, not to disparage his current work, like, I think he's probably, like, these days, he's a more technically skilled artist. Yeah, but there's just a lot going. I mean, it's just the nature of the arc, though. There's yeah. just a lot of characters. Sort of it's hard the, to tell it's the nature of like every arc. 
now. Um, Shush. <laughs> I like the later arcs for the so, most part. I feel like, yeah, he's, there's just so many like striking panels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just from having like dipped into like a little bit of current One Piece over the years, I've noticed that it's like just become so busy. Yeah, and, and like yeah, difficult to follow. Where whereas this is like there is like some like some panels that are like a little hard to follow sometimes, yeah. but like it's still like very well defined and like and like you said, Walt kind of like just very striking. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. We'll talk about it more uh, next month. The the remaining chapters have at least two, maybe like three or four of just like my like most memorable like One Piece panels in mm-hmm. general. This one, I, I think the of what we read, I like, think Skypea looks really great too. Skypea looks Skypea great. is later, a little later. The this one, this uh, chunk that we read, the the panel of where Crocodile has like Luffy hoisted on his hook. That's a good one. Crocodile's face is like very well. I, he, his expressions are very well sort of portrayed. Yeah. I guess a lot of the time. Yeah. I just love looking at these pages. Yeah. We love uh, to look at the good comic pages. I, I feel like part of it, I feel like for whatever reason, like desert settings can be like really visually interesting. Yeah. The contrast of how there isn't a lot going on mixed with, when stuff is happening and like, yeah, the sand I mean, is getting... it sort of just looks like Agrabah. I mean, the, the sort of, like... Ta- not, not like a rip-off, I would say, but, like, I mean, just sort of, like, how you would imagine sort of a Middle Eastern city. Right. And... Golden Age Baghdad type thing. Oh, yeah, sort of, like, a classical, a sort of more classical take on it. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything... I mean, we end with the supersonic duck squad. I, I wrote this down because that was the last chapter, is when Karu comes back and they yes. take the ducks... They take the ducks to, to Alabarna, all and the ducks are very ducks. cute. I, I took a picture of all the ducks because they're very very adorable. There's also a really funny picture Oda drew of Bach in one of the SBSs <laughs> yeah. I read, and I, I I don't really I sort of skim the SBSs. I don't really I think I think that same one also has the quote about like there's a girl who wrote in to Shonen Jump and said I'm a girl and people tell me I can't read One Piece because it's for boys and Oda says. Like says, I don't care. Heart of a boy. Yeah, as long as you can understand the fiery heart of a boy, I don't care who reads this. Girls, <laughs> women, grandmas, I don't care. Everyone's welcome, which I thought was a cute thing to say. E- everyone should just watch the lighthouse, and then they can read One Piece. Pretty much. <laughs> that's the fiery. That's that's the dark. That's the um, heart of darkness. Um, but the, you bringing up the Bach thing did remind me that we do get. Um, is it Igarami? Is that Ig- his name? Igar- Igarami. <laughs> Yeah, he Igaram came. Yeah, he came. Back. Igaram, that's right. Igaram comes back. He's he's yeah. alive again. <laughs> get 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 used to that. Yeah, um, that's that's death is not death is only going to stick for like a couple people. The people now, don't worry, people do die in One Piece, but like mainly in they have to say like well, a couple, one at least there one major there, character. I know, dies, I know there, are, but there are some. But um, but the vast majority. Yeah, like like don't don't especially if it's in like the main the present day of One Piece, like don't assume someone's dead unless they like talk about like oh god we're crying because so and so died. Like well I guess they did cry over Igaram, but unless unless they do the uh, Demon Slayer thing of like actually like seeing their loved ones in heaven <laughs> to be yeah. like to be like they are dead. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, you only die in flashbacks. So don't worry if you if you have survived the present day in One Piece, you're probably not gonna die. <laughs> And you are definitely not going to die by getting shot. Which, like, guns are the least effective weapons in all of One Piece, you'll see. Like, swords are swords are OP, as we find out, so. 
yeah um i mean is there anything else like zach are you are you enjoying yeah i actually i think this is the arc that may be like the one that like gets you that like really grabs me yeah like okay i am wanting to immediately like keep reading and see what happens not just because i'm frantically trying to catch up on <laughs> yeah. one piece because it, but it's actually like i'm very invested now i feel like more yeah. so than i have been in any of the other arts wow oh that's good yeah i'm glad to hear that yeah i think it's really it's a really fun arc and i agree like i think yeah i mean i, I mean obviously like we're gonna continue with one piece i don't i think i said this before i'm not sure where we're gonna stop probably we'll just, just keep going yeah and get up to wano even like from I think from Alabasta on, even though like most of what like, you know, comes after might not be as good as Alabasta, I think it maintains a pretty steady pace from here. Steady, steady, a pretty steady quality. Yeah, from here on I out. think I think the quality never gets really, 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 really bad or anything like there's, oh, there's, that, that's a lot of reallys. Yeah, I went, I mean, I maybe gave like two reallys more than was needed. But yeah, like there's one arc, there's one arc in particular lately that I haven't liked, but it's not even like it's unreadable. It's just sort of not as good as the last one or the current one even, which has a lot of story. Maybe too much story. We'll get there eventually. It's a discussion um, for another day. I mean, I don't know. I think I think Dressrosa, I like Dressrosa the best, but I understand people think it's like too much. Alabas is probably like my second favorite. And, and honestly, it's probably like the best, I guess, if I'm looking at things objectively. But I don't know. The whole thing's really good. I really like Skypea too and... Gosh, there's just there's there's probably gonna be arcs I forgot about. I'll be like, oh yeah, this character. Oh my god, you know, <laughs> yeah. We're gonna finish, I guess. So next time we're gonna finish. Yeah. So next time, next time we'll be finishing the Alabasta arc, which means we're gonna be going from chapters 181 to 217. I'm yeah, I'm glad we didn't try to do that in one. Yeah. Plus, there's just so much to like talk about. <laughs> there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. In in the meantime, Emily and I will be back in a couple weeks to talk about june shonen jump series um yep. including the end of the promised neverland it ended it is we over were right finally we said i think it's ending soon and this time this time it was it's six times charm yeah we say it as well as a couple new series or at least one <laughs> yeah i haven't read that yet yeah not spoilers excited. it's not good anyway you can find us all on twitter i am at goodbye to a shoe i am at cosmos of course and I am at Woker Fox. And we will be using the hashtag One Piece Club to post funny screen caps and silly jokes about what we're reading. Pretty much when I remember. Yeah. I posted two today. It's pretty good for me. So. Um, otherwise, uh, yeah, I that's think, it. Yeah. We'll be back in a bit. Well, in a, in a couple of weeks. That's it's only a, a bit. bit. Yeah. In relative it's terms. Yeah. yeah. Relative terms. Yeah. So we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye, folks.